Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, April 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Credit Suisse bondholders are suing the Swiss banking regulator. U.S. regional banks have stabilized after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, but the news isn't all good. Plus, we look at the impact that the U.S. court battle over an abortion pill could have on the future of the drug industry. I'm Sonia Hudson in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Former Credit Suisse bondholders are suing Switzerland's banking regulator, FINMA. The bondholders are upset over the recent sale of the bank to rival UBS. That sale wiped out the value of $17 billion worth of convertible bonds. But investors who owned equity in the bank were able to hold on to some of their stock's value. Here's the FT's Austria and Switzerland correspondent, Sam Jones. Now, in any any kind of standardized debt waterfall, any kind of uh, bankruptcy process the world over, everyone knows that equity holders are subordinate to debt holders. So the question is, why was it proportionate uh, that equity holders in this situation should be given some value, but debt holders not? And that, that issue of proportionality is specifically um, highlighted in the Swiss constitution. So the case says that FINMA, as an organ of the the Swiss state, is obliged to follow these constitutional principles. So, Sam, what are the broader implications of this case? How significant is it? I mean, it's hugely significant, really, because this is Switzerland, you know, and Switzerland is thought of as being the place where, really, as a bondholder, you'd never have to worry about your assets being expropriated in some kind of extraordinary situation. Now, what bondholders are trying to do is claim that this is exactly that. This is an expropriative act by the Swiss government and that they deserve compensation as a result. Whether some of those claims are true or not, who knows? And obviously the Swiss government has a very particular view on that, that it disputes strongly that this was an emergency situation to save a bank that could have had catastrophic consequences if it had not been dealt with. But this case is is, is really going to be a thorn in the side of, of Switzerland and the Swiss government as they continue and try to claw back some of the reputational damage that has been done by Credit Suisse's collapse. That's the FT's Sam Jones. During last month's banking turmoil, people rushed to take their money out of regional lenders. But now, first quarter earnings reports out this week are showing that deposit flight wasn't quite as bad as expected. The FT's Stephen Gandell has been reporting on this, and he joins me now. Hi, Stephen. Hi. So why do you think there was less money leaving these regional banks than we initially thought? You know, what everyone was watching was what was going on at Silicon Valley. And it appears they, you know, they were the extreme. They had a much different business model than most regional letters tied very closely to the health of startups in Silicon Valley, which is part of the economy that's been hurt the worst in the last year as interest rates have risen. And so I I think what we didn't realize is that many other regional lenders were more diversified than Silicon Valley. Now, that being said, I think worries continue for regional lenders in terms of profitability and, and whether they are sitting on some bad loans when it comes to lending to commercial real estate developers. Stephen, are the regional banks stable now? I mean, how are they doing overall? 
it seems that they are stable. There's ample evidence that's come out from their these first quarter earnings reports that it doesn't appear that many others are going to go the way of Silicon Valley Bank. But what the earnings reports do show is that the profit picture going forward for them, it's worse than we thought before Silicon Valley. The profits are shrinking much faster. At some of the banks, we've seen profits fall 40 50%. And, and the reason is, is because for regional banks had long lived on their relationships, local customers, small businesses, they kept their money at these banks and didn't expect much in return other than services and processing their transactions. Now, with this kind of added risk that they saw in Silicon Valley, depositors want to get paid something for keeping their money there. And what that means is that they have to pay higher interest rates. And if they have to pay up more from deposits, that means that's less money that they make from the lending they do. And what we're watching for is whether that shrinks to the point where some of these banks say, hey, you know, maybe we can't, maybe it's not worth it for us. Stephen Gandell is the FT's U.S. banking correspondent. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. The abortion pill mifepristone was given approval for use by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration more than two decades ago. But recently, a federal judge in Texas overturned its regulatory approval, which in effect created a nationwide ban. That ban was put on hold temporarily. Now, the U.S. Supreme Court is expected to rule today on whether to keep the drug available while the legal battle over it continues to play out. The FT's Brooke Masters argues the battle may have a chilling effect on innovation in the U.S. She joins me now to talk more about this. Hi, Brooke. Hi. So, Brooke, how do you see this battle impacting pharmaceutical investment in the U.S.? Well, it's really interesting. The entire pharmaceutical industry is up in arms over this because what's happened is that the judge who said stop selling methoprestone basically did something that hasn't been done in a century and and substituted his own judgment for the FDA's uh, expert opinion on what's safe. And the drug industry says if a judge can do that to the abortion pill, they can do it to anything. And so how are we supposed to invest and develop, you know, cutting-edge drugs with the knowledge that someday some judge who, say, is an anti-vaxxer doesn't want me to produce it later? What kind of global impact could this have? It's huge for two reasons. The FDA has long been seen as the sort of gold standard of drug approval um, dating back really into the 60s. And therefore, if its authority is undermined, it makes the whole process of drug development more complicated, particularly for countries that really can't afford to have their own really strong drug protection rules. They tend to rely on the FDA. And if the FDA is, is suddenly called into question, it has a real problem. Also, you know, half of all the big companies that spend the most R&D money on drug development are American companies. So if they can't develop at home, they're going to have to go abroad, and that's really bad. Brooke Masters is the FT's U.S. financial editor. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks for having me. You can read more on all these stories at ft.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. 
The FT News Briefing is produced by Mark Filipino, Fiona Simon, and me, Sonia Hudson. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.